0: Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host Jack Newman and I'm joined this week with a cut down version of the podcast. It is, of course, just myself and Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah?
1: I'm pretty good. I uh, I tried out yoga for the first time today.
0: You are a much braver it was woman than <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well,
1: <laughs> well the thing is, it was, it was only supposed to be a half an hour class, first of all, so very much sort of a taster thing um but the class started late uh and uh she tried to end it as much on time as she could so my half hour yoga class turned into like a 20 minute yoga class which is not really enough time to do anything productive except I did discover that I am not flexible at all
0: oh jeez!
1: and it's very upsetting
0: <laughs> so so here are you gonna go back that's the big question I am yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I, I paid for a month of classes. Uh, so
0: yeah, that's the way to do it. Well. That's the way to do it. Force yourself to do it. <laughs> <It's> yes, <laughs>
1: and it's also at the same studio where I take my belly dance classes.
0: Yeah, so, so I've been doing a little bit of like the like the Soul Cycle actually, which was mm-hmm. uh, I tried. I went to try it with with my girlfriend, and we were like, "Oh, let's go do Soul Cycle." That shit is. Fucking brutal, bro. Like yeah, that
1: that shit. I've never tried it, but just like I don't even like watching commercials. Well, no, I just I like got off the bike and
0: like everyone was like walking away looking normal, and I'm just like I'm a newborn baby crawling on the floor, we (laughs) are did water. Like it's it's just yeah, it's I was a little bit. I think like you know I've totally lost all like respect with everyone there, so I might go back because it's not like you can fall farther. But (laughs) it's cool. Yeah. Anyways. We're going to be talking today about Atomic Blonde, which I am super excited about. I'm super excited that we got this movie because I have a lot to talk about it, and has kind of some of my uh, it's it's bringing up a lot of roots in my sort of like uh, action cinema and some of the papers I did in college. Uh, But before we get to that, we have trailer corner this week with just one trailer uh, because of the cut down cast. We're going to be talking about Suburbicon. Uh, What did you think of this trailer, Sarah?
1: I'm interested. It looks good. I mean, it basically looks like it takes place in Edward Scissorhands' back, backyard. You know, the very stereotypical suburbia of cookie cutter houses that are Easter egg colored. Yeah. You know, but it's funny Matt what Damon. it's funny what
0: movie people pick that from. Like people either pick it from like I feel like Edward Scissorhands or like Pleasantville or something in that same
1: uh-huh. same sort of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Like know? oh, <laughs>
0: that's that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but what did you think?
1: Well, yeah. I think it has the potential to be really quite good. I mean, it's got Matt Damon and George Clooney in it. Or, or George Clooney had something to do with the script anyway. Um, and I like both of them. Um, and there's that one scene of Matt Damon, you know, trying to run away. And he looks, got this look of sheer horror in his face because yeah. his car has just been blown up. But he's running away on this tiny, tiny little bicycle yeah. I, I think
0: this I think is funny. I think it's interesting because it's that's kind of the period that people like to play with stuff like this. It's it's interesting to see kind of like you know there are typical themes that are done in sort of this period where it's like you know the men of the house and it's like they it's like the you know it's the period in time where we look back and like men were men and that's like people like to break it down because men were never really men like that. So it's kind of mm-hmm. that you know that can that, but that's like a very typical theme in a lot of these movies where it's looking back in time like that. So it's it's very interesting to me to see. Some sort of like you know what i wonder what the i can't kind of track what the take or the, what the differentiation from just this trailer is it looks fascinating to me at the same time mm. in terms of just like he's in deep with the mob and how he gets punched in like and like just like the visceralness of it but i'm not super excited about it because I, I need more information like frankly to like agreed i think i think that's a i think that's a big thing i need I need, to, I need to, like, know more about this thing, and I guess, like, I probably shouldn't pick trailers that I don't, that we don't necessarily know a lot about, but I don't think we, we literally don't know a lot about it, like, at this time. Right. Um, again, uh, but it's interesting, I think it's just saying, like, the capability of these individuals to sort of, like, fucking be psychopaths, so it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything. We're going to go ahead and move on to the big uh the big uh, uh shark for this episode. Uh for you the listeners of the Movie Gang podcast, loot crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on a new, new subscription at lootcrate.com. To save 10% on a new subscription, go to try backslash gang and enter pr- promo code bridge10 for 10% savings. loot crate is an online service that'll give you like uh, we'll send you a box of cool shit every month and it is amazing. It is a lot of cool shit. It's very good chit. I don't mean. I don't mean to call it chit, because it is a chit. I don't know why. It's actually because it is a lot of smaller things. Like one of my favorite things about it is it's, it's, it's swag. It is swag. And I think that's I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, you say it's like, there's some cool shit. And I think that's the cool things is that, you know, it's kind of like we w- me and Katie do a lot of these different boxes. We do like kind of uh, but we all kind of like she has her boxes and I have my boxes. And, you know, it's nice to have theme stuff all around our apartment and decoration. I mean, definitely a couple of kids live here, but I, you know. Gives it it that good vibe. All right, moving on to Atomic Blonde. Sensual and savage Lorraine Broughton is the most elite spy in MI6, an agent who's willing to use all her lethal skills to stay alive during an impossible mission. With the Berlin Wall about to fall, she travels into the heart of the city to retrieve a priceless dossier and take down a ruthless espionage ring. Once there, she teams up with an embedded station chief to navigate her way through the deadliest game of spies (laughs) cool yeah alright first up Sarah what did you think of this movie just general overarching impressions
1: I was disappointed with this movie Really? Now, having said that, I had pretty high expectations going in. I was like, yes, Charlize Theron is James Bond. There's a lesbian yeah. sex scene. Yeah. This is my shit. I'm excited. And then, like, the action was really good. I, I, I don't dispute that at all. The action was very, very good. And there's that awesome, like, extra long take when they're in the stairwell or whatever. That was, that was phenomenal. But I felt just felt like the plot... Was a plot that has been used in other spy films before. It didn't feel original to me. And honestly, during most of the movie, if there wasn't action going on, I was kind of bored. And quite frankly, none of the characters were all that memorable to me, just in that I don't remember anyone's name. Like, I'm, you know, frantically reading the Wikipedia page right now. Like, I didn't remember that she was called Lorraine. I remember well, Delphine, but I didn't remember that James McAvoy was called Percival. Or anything in like
0: fairness to her, she's called like four or five different things throughout the whole. This movie. is so true. I, this may be yes. this may be an unfair comparison for her, like James Percival, I guess. But like, I have no idea what the French lady's name is. Like, like I know, I know she's like, I know who the actress is, and that's who I keep associating her with. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I, I I generally agree with you. I think I think for me, I think this action is excellent, and I think it's also like it's in terms in in terms of like one of the things that been coming up recently is that a lot of people uh, and I think one of the pro- and I don't think this movie doesn't have this problem is that a lot of times when we have like you know maybe new good representation it's like you have to do something different with the movie to kind of differ, you know, differentiate it where it's just like you know the concept of just like why couldn't this just be like a little bit more uh, like you know a little bit more of a straightforward like female Bond movie it's, it's probably my like largest complaint about it because it feels mm-hmm. like it has to have like a more convoluted narrative if it wants to try to do essentially the spy thing a lot more clever and i think it doesn't pull it off and because of that like it just comes across as like a little like you can figure actually that's that's wrong i never didn't know what was happening it was just like it was both confusing and i was like is that what's happening like overall and at the end you still get it but at the same time it's like i'm not well i'm not saying you don't get it. everyone gets it but it's just stupid (laughs) (laughs) yes it's and it's uh, so again it's kind of following her path and it has a very interesting time structure which that seems to be the name of this uh summer is messing with film time structures Mm -hmm. and it's uh it it takes place with kind of like her debriefing as long with also her describing literally the event so she's literally the narrator of her own story which to begin with is kind of a lame device for this sort of like stressful sort of narrative because we know she lives yeah. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, I'm cool with playing with like big reveals, but I have to admit that in the context of this film, I think it's misused a little bit here.
1: hmm And also the- I agree. I remember thinking that. Yeah.
0: Because it's like, well, we know she makes it, even though we know she's like, you know, they, they show that she's going to get the shit beat out of her, and that's cool. Um, but I mean, it's kind of not fair, but like, because
1: like- It does take the suspense out of it. Yeah. Well one of the Cause at, at no point in the fight You're gonna be like Is she gonna die Like is she gonna be Okay because you know She is
0: Yeah and I, I mean I'd Probably a fair Like uh, criticism Of that criticism Would just say that Like we know that James Bond is not Gonna die And that's fair But like it was Really scary in Casino Royale When they had him In that chair And like somebody's Whacking his balls With yes. a thing Like that was Like visibly scary Like you you have fear For your hero In the same way That I think this Movie structure Kind of like Makes us not fear Like and you know that She's gonna get The shit kicked out Of her and you have fear that the you know, spyglass, the guy that she's trying to save, will die. That was
1: what he was called. See, I didn't even remember that. Yeah,
0: I know. It's, it's He's a Stasi officer trying to come, which is the name of the thing. And the other thing, too, is I think it's a big criticism here is the fact that the MacGuffin is so fucking macguffin Mm-hmm. Like you know, literally, it is a wristwatch, and like, yes. and they're like the list, and then they have this whole thing where they're like, it's cool that it's on, like, uh, it's on, like, there's the watchmaker and all these other things, and it, like, it wants us to connect with a lot. I, I noticed that too. The movie wanted us con- to connect with a lot of these secondary characters, um, but that's the other thing too is there's not enough characters to really ever figure out because you know the big reveal at the mm-hmm. end is that she is satchel and she's actually a triple yes. agent.
1: That was the only thing that remotely surprised me in this movie to be honest is because I kind of thought it was going to be James McAvoy for a little bit.
0: Um, well... I mean, I, I, it doesn't really matter if it was or was not. Was the, that's, was my that's issue true. with the narrative by the true. end of it is like if he was or was not Satchel. Like I think the point was like everybody's fucked and evil was like sort of the mm-hmm. outlying theme of the narrative. So it's like it didn't matter who Satchel was, and they try mm-hmm. to do this thing at the end of the narrative where they like scare us into believing she's actually been the double agent all along. And 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 not to be offensive, but like her in that like brunette wig. Oh, that, that that whole like dress ensemble thing is I mean, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was
1: there. Yeah,
0: you were there. Cool. Mm-hmm. We were both there for that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, we'll get to th- we'll get to the other thing we were both there for in a minute. Uh, but <laughs> 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 um, but I, I actually uh, let's go ahead and get into it. One of, one of the things that is interesting to me about representation in this movie is that it feels to me like the most literal interpretation of like the sex gender of the individual involved was not important.
1: Except for that one Russian guy who was hitting on her in that bar. But I suppose that could have
0: but but that's my point is that like for the whole movie for them to be like essentially like just a couple of lines alluding to the fact that Mm -hmm. she's a woman. uh,
1: That's true. I did appreciate that aspect very much. Was you could have dropped you know, we were talking about Matt Damon earlier. Yeah. You know, I figured Jason we I figured Ford, you and me just, would be, just drop him in there and it would be the same. Yeah,
0: I figured you and me would be on the same page about that in terms of just like we yeah. want movies with representation. And I, I think that's the other thing, too, is like sometimes like I get, you know, I think that maybe some of the things that worry me, like, how did you how do you feel about the love interest dying?
1: Well, she was a lesbian, so I knew it was going to happen. Oh,
0: boy. But like um, Lorraine didn't die.
1: No, Lorraine didn't die. She's not a lesbian. She had that thing with Gascoigne.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right. Or was she just yep. seducing him for his knowledge?
1: I don't know. She seemed kind of upset about the fact that he died
0: you're fair that's that's actually fair the only less the only like Mm -hmm. confirmed lesbian well actually we don't know
1: well that's true we don't don't know know. that's
0: that's 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 unfair especially in terms of like this is berlin in the 90s (laughs) like everyone was doing everyone else like
1: this is very very i feel
0: like that's a time period when sex sexuality was very fluid though I, i agree to you that she is definitely coded lesbian Yes. Which is the other thing too is interesting to me is that she's coded female, whereas Lorraine is coded more uh like multi-sex oh I guess that's the issue is like, do you find it offensive that Lorraine is very specifically coded almost male and the, and like and it's interesting to see a like and I guess that's that's like a big fucking thing in and of itself, like the to the I, point uh, of that, I can't I, I, even I don't describe read
1: it. Her- I don't read her as coded male at all. Like, if she had, you know, been
0: naturally I, so I, or, let like, me, a let me, like ex- lesbian let me ex- or
1: something, that would be different. Let
0: me explain it to, like, the point that, like, because I'm stepping in it, and I'm just using bad terminology, and I apologize. Like, I feel like she's coded. It's it's almost shocking to see, like, an attractive woman in a position where she gets beat up and has the kind of the thing. Like, that's the thing. is like, you know, never in a movie, like, when, when a girl gets hit, like, by the next scene, like, the bruise is gone. Do you know what I mean? And so I think it's like she definitely has this signature spy movie like mythology around her of being this like tough badass that gets through the mental and anguish torture of the world and sort of falls in love with it. And that might just be the, the... the coded methodology but that it has universally up to this point been male because things like bruises on women kind of disappear and in other like spy movies with women the bruises do sort of disappear in that same sort of way so do you think it's Mm. so i guess like what i'm calling male is more like it's interesting to see her in kind of this stronger role whereas like we do see uh like if it's not a female role for the other girl it is definitely more of a like a like a submissive role
1: that's true, and that, and and Lorraine's character is absolutely more dominant, but I, I don't think there's I mean, from a lesbian perspective, I just code both of them as femmes. So I was like, wow, we see you know femme lesbian relationship depicted in the movie. Yeah, Hooray! yeah, no,
0: it's yeah, yeah, no. I I, I think I, I think I totally agree with you, one and one it, and too. definitely like her sexuality changes, not sexuality, but like her like per, like she's this every. Everything under the sun type of character because at the end she's coded highly feminine when she's in the red dress Mm. and she's sort of Mm. like flirting with him. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, she's in a dress when she goes to that bar and meets Delphine for the first time.
0: You're right. You're right. But uh, but then that we get that sex scene, which is just like, how do you feel about it?
1: I thought it was great.
0: <laughs> I did too. I was interested to see what you thought in terms of like one of like one of the characters taking such a stronger the the submissive dominance take on it because it definitely was one being more submissive and one being more dominant. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that in terms of? I mean,
1: that's really okay. That yeah, that that's honestly just just depends just on sexuality, the, on the yeah, pairing. Yeah. And, and in that case, that you know fit with their characters and yeah. Yeah. Although it doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah.
0: No, I mean it doesn't but I mean, but it sometimes definitely. Sometimes people definitely, who are
1: like really dominant in, you know, the rest of their lives are super submissive in the bedroom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess the issue for me is that the submissive one, in this case who is also female, who is also at least, you know, somewhat at least multisexual is killed. Is the issue. Is the is essentially played for like a like a like a damsel in distress. Yes. And that would be my that would be my criticism is like, is that a damsel in distress role, or is it just like the fact that when we change these classic narratives, like are the damsel in distress or, you know, just significant other in distress a nature, like an element of these roles?
1: And I think that's a really hard question because, of course, my gut reaction is stop killing the lesbians. But then I remember like in uh, Casino Royale where Eva Green right. dies at the end. Right. And
0: and, and it, people you know? defend that scene to the death. I feel like Ben, or I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know. Somebody, somebody loves that scene on the cast. I know somebody has like gotten on <laughs> here and I've been like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not for it. She like drowns herself. I'm, I'm not for it either. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I I didn't I I don't like it at all and How
1: dare you kill Eva Green?
0: I was about to say <laughs> that there's so little beauty in the world. No, I'm just kidding. Uh but <laughs> uh at the same <laughs> at the same time, I do think that like it is like that sort of femme fatale dies for the hero is very intrinsic to specifically Bond films and specifically Cold War films. And so like mm. I guess like maybe Maybe that's the thing—is like I I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that they play it so straight-faced. At the same time, is that like it, it, the question is—is is that is that intrinsically tied to the genre, and thus is it in past genres now more okay because it's a genre-tied identifier, or is it still tied to the inherent damsel in distress, uh, sexual terminology?
1: Well, here's my big problem. Well, I, another big problem I had with that scene is. Lorraine gets there just after Percival, like, fucks off. Yeah. Delfina's just there. She makes no attempt to, like, give her CPR or revive her in any way. She just sort of sits there. Yeah. Like, she's defeated, and that seemed really out of character
0: to me. Yep, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think, uh... I think, sorry, my dad is calling me <laughs> <laughs> Uh... I think one of the Bad big no, 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 I'm good. Uh, I think one of the big things, too, is just that, like, it, it she is so cold. Do you know what I mean? And even their, like, love yeah. language in the middle of when they're talking about it, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's where is she being real? And like how they especially and that's that's the other thing that like, you know, they're, like they're, they're all wrapped up in who is the reveal of Satchel. And one of the things is is like, you know, there's really only like three or four major characters in the whole fucking thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So like who
0: was gonna be Satchel that it was gonna matter? Like it was one of the th- there's the, right. the three main people there's there's the French act there's the French lady there's Lorraine there's James and then there's like the Russian guy which would make no sense. Um so like and then everyone else like maybe Spyglass and that's the thing is it's like yeah. y- you were looking at the people who it might be. And it's like there's just there's <laughs> just like none none of it has emotional payoff unless it's either James the French lady or Lorraine. So there's no there's never really any mystery that actually like comes out of it. And I think maybe that's the two the element of it is that like you know like James Bond seems to like have more emotion than Lorraine when somebody like that or like you know one of the Bond girls dies. Well, no, I mean technically, yeah. no, like Bond girls have died. That's true. Because mm-hmm. it's usually like there's usually yeah. a secondary female character that dies in most Bond movies, and it's not the primary Bond girl that dies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's. But
1: it has been known to happen.
0: Yeah, it has known, uh specifically uh, on uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service when he gets married and she dies. Oh shit! Yeah, have you have you never seen that one? I don't know one? if I've seen that. Yeah, actually. it's 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 one of the ones that no one watches because of that. <laughs> ah. Well, I don't think there was
1: one time. I think it was when I was in Scotland and had finished my degree, so I was just killing time. I tried to just like marathon as many Bond films as I possibly could. And uh, by the time I got to, oh, what's his name? He plays Lord Rassilon in Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Dalton. By the time I got to him, I was just done. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, You
0: yeah. watch so well, much James Bond. Well, also on OHMS is George Lazenby. So it's like very, it's very, it's also almost weird because like I see George Lazenby and I don't, I like, I know he's always in the pictures of all the Bonds, but I don't literally associate him as a Bond. Like, right. I kind of, and that's just, you see him in the role and you're like, this is an interesting spy movie, but sometimes I like literally don't think of it as like Bond films. But that's a, that's a. That's another day's discussion. And I mean George Lazenby, the actor, not George Lazenby, the cabinet maker.
1: I was I'm, not aware I'm,
0: there was a cabinet <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> I'm teasing. All right. Uh, we, we've delayed a, this a little bit. I've been delaying kind of talking about this, but there's two last things I want to talk about. One is the is the uh, visual style of the movie. Did you like it? Like kind of like the some of the graphics and kind of the take on it. It's not – it's pretty – It's it, it, it injects a bit of comic book flavor, which, again, this is based on a comic book. Uh, but what did you think of a, kind of the flavor uh, – Kind of of what was displayed on on the screen.
1: I think my eyes wanted more color, but at the same time, I recognize it was Berlin before the wall fell. So, you know, grays and whites and blacks with, you know, graffiti. Here and there is probably pretty accurate yeah. to the time period. I
0: think I think it was accurate, and I think the thing that made me upset is because, like, you know, kind of the Berlin culture at the time, that youth culture where they're like everyone has like cool mohawk hair and and they're mm-hmm. listening to like Queen and like literally Queen yeah. and like and and, and uh, well, we need to talk about the soundtrack too, uh, but uh, yeah, but like there's also like the whole like, you know cool like retro neon vibe and it's and it seems to be hinted at in the titles I just, and like graffiti. And all that stuff. I just wanted more of that, like more color, warm, I agree. vibrance, more pop. Uh, I didn't see any use or design other than the fact that it's realistic and it's trying to be, you know, da- you know, drab. But like, you know, some things are a little bit unbelievable, like that, you know, wig that Charlize Theron is wearing. <laughs> it's, it's not not great. I mean, that might actually be her real hair, in which case I am I am I'm sorry, but it just looks it looks like janky at times, and like some of her other hair wigs actually look like literally better and, and it's just like one of the things like while she's wearing it I'm just like Ooh. I, I, I don't know I, I that's not actually I'm not commenting on Charlie's Theron I'm commenting on like the color of her blonde hair do you know what I mean Mm. And like the, well, I mean,
1: I'm sure that was that was the point. Yeah, because, you know, it's called Atomic Blonde, and I, I haven't read the comic book, so I don't know what she looks like in that. But no, no, maybe that was just the signature thing. Was that? Oh, was platinum it's, it's, blonde? it's it's
0: very different. It's it's very different. First off. like it's it's based oh, okay. on something called the Coldest City, and it's like a it's very different. I mean, it's this is a takeoff of it, and it definitely wants to launch. Kind of, I think maybe a character within itself. I don't know. I don't feel like it it sort of ends the cold war so it doesn't uh it doesn't really like seem like there's a possibility of a continuation but i definitely feel like they were going after an aping of sort of the John Wick style of like how that came about um you know and that's kind of the thing is like maybe John Wick is the best comparison rather than Bond because it's not a very strong perf- well not it, they're very they're pretty they're fine performances but it's not a very good story and there's not a like a lot yeah. of good pizzazz to her characterization. Actually there's fine pizzazz, but it, you don't, you don't like connect with her as instantly as you connect with like a bond because there's fucking like, f- you know, 24 fucking movies to connect with the character of bond as a whole, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, as, yeah. as such, I don't connect to her and then all I'm left with is excellent action, which is just like John Wick, you know, no one gives a fuck about Keanu Reeves in that movie. Everyone gives a fact about the fact that he's like fucking killing dudes all over left and right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's, Go ahead and talk about that. What did you think of the action?
1: I, I thought it was great. Um, I was—I I realized most of it probably was a stunt double for Miss Theron. But then again, would it have been in that extra long um, stairwell sequence? Or would that have been... Charlize Theron. That's Charlize Theron. That. Yeah,
0: she's did it. She's
1: damn. Yeah.
0: No. Well, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't step. but I mean, step, I'm sure it's Corey. Clearly, yeah. Like it's, it's but like those long takes thing. in the stairwell are her. Yeah. Like, and a lot of it is that's her. Awesome. And that's the thing is like, oh my like god, like she has like the has got action chops. And I think, I think one of the things that I wanted to like this is when I was in college, we were talking about like a lot about Hong Kong's action cinema and the need of the camera to do something and kind of there's. Uh, uh... There's sort of uh, this this thematic thing where the West, since Born Identity, has been moving to have less capable actors, and to, to, to cancel that out, they shoot a lot of tight imagery that's hard to understand, i.e. quick camera motions, famously called shaky cam, but it's actually a little bit more uh, complicated than that, because you can still lock down the cam and still get in tight. The big thing that action cinema does is it tends to do longer takes, follow the action, and also do wider shots, which is... Essentially code harder to do all around, and you have to shoot longer takes, and it takes a lot you get a lot more takes, and it's just a lot longer, a lot a ton more filming and coordination, and a lot more difficult to do from like a perspective of editing and everything. Because, like, you know, if you're gonna shoot something from a wider angle, all the things that you'd have to you can't hide anything in the room, you can't hide what the actor's doing. You can't hide if you've seen have you ever seen like just like straight shot footage of like some of those shaky cam fights from the background, like they look super stupid, and then with editing, they make it look powerful and interesting whereas this is doing right. a lot of classical things like they're just doing jump frames and some other things to give hits effects like you know actual hits and impacts but they're following through on the impacts and that stairwell fight is literally like just a fucking masterpiece in terms of like going down the stairwell doing it in single long cuts and it's just like it's just a fucking macabre
1: going into multiple rooms oh yeah and it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I thought by the time they got to the bottom of the stairs it would stop it didn't they kept going yeah they just did it was unbelievable
0: they just they just kept, they just kept going and also like
1: I think that they stopped finally when they got in the car
0: yeah yeah that
1: was when they they changed they ended the take I think well they also, also did that I
0: know. think they ended the take but then they also did another long take well, like it wasn't like one long continuous take. Like, they, they, it cut in places, but then they did long takes, which is more important to me. Like, you know, sometimes doing, like, the longest possible take is, like, a stunt. More important to me is sort of, like, talking about, like... Uh, you know having like multiple just you know keeping the camera moving like longer allows it just you know you knew where she was in the space the whole time like you knew exactly what was happening in terms of the action like when she fell up and that's like it gives you the ability to tell a story like when she falls against the doorway and you're just like holy fuck holy fuck holy fuck whereas like Jason Bourne when you do an action scene like it worked for that series because he was never like really in threat whereas this she is clearly in threat And is like in danger of dying. (laughs) Yes, and it's also I love like the like the Jackie Chan homage with like the pipe attack where like you know Jackie Chan would always like you know it's it's wearing that's it. I think that's the nice thing about this series is it's very it's wearing itself on its sleeve. Like Bond movies don't have this good action, like straight up. Uh, That's true, and and I think that's the thing is like you know uh, this and John Wick are kind of like. Are, are, are going to be the this, this standards of things that we look to because while the, like I love this movie quite a bit and I highly <coughs> recommend it, uh, it, it is a fever fucking dream of action and I wish I was connected to the main character more, but like it is undeniable. And what did, what did you think of the? Uh, I think the uh, I wasn't as big a fan of the. I liked it in terms of its homage to Jackie Chan, but the the pipe or the garden hose fight, as it were.
1: Well, first it's it's homage. Just, you said it. What, wrong did, what did I a say? What did I say? Homage.
0: Homage. What is a homage? Or homage. homage.
1: It's nothing. It's did homage. I say this?
0: Uh, homage. <laughs> anyway. Am I just pronouncing um, the H in homage? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you
1: were also putting the emphasis in the wrong. Place.
0: All right. You know what? Just keep talking, and let me just like.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, You're fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I um I thought it was good. Although um, I'm going to use this to sort of segue to the soundtrack a little bit. Um, I understood and respected the their use of 80s music as appropriate to the time period the film is set in. But I was a little bit disappointed. I thought because I thought that the music they used in the trailer <laughs> was uh, was much better edited to fit the scene and was more sort of a pump up kind of feeling but whatever song was playing in that scene was a lot more low-key and therefore I wasn't as amped up during the fight as I was when I watched it in the trailer
0: yeah I guess like I think like I like the idea of it d- go at this uh an action sequence being a simile it's not it the trailer makes it look like it's doing baby driver shtick where it's like syncing the action to the music and it's not which
1: I think is really cool which
0: is cool I do think that's cool I don't I still don't love Baby Driver, but, like, I think, like... I, I love these... I
1: didn't see Baby I, I
0: know you didn't, but I love these movies because they're both, like, 70% of the way there. You know what I mean? Like, they're both they're both mm-hmm. doing, like, really cool things, and I'm really excited about the things, but I don't, I don't, like, love the characters or what's happening in the movie from a story perspective.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think that's, that's my biggest problem with it is, you know, we compared it to Bond earlier, and this has better action than Bond, no question. But with Bond the story is more compelling and the characters are more engaging
0: and it's it's like and and I don't know if that's fair because like this movie is better than Spectre by like Leaps and mm. bounds. But, like, yes. we're automatically comparing it to, like, Casino or or Skyfall. In which case, absolutely true. Which is, I guess that's, like, unfair to this movie. Because, like, you can pick some shit out of the Bond category. Like, there is some yes, shit absolutely. in there. And I think that's, you know, if that was just the one movie you had to go on. Like, I don't, like, maybe this is maybe, like, mid-tier to lower Bond movie. Like, maybe, like, maybe, like, I love him to death. But maybe, like, uh... Well, he couldn't have pulled off. None of them actually probably could pull off this action except Daniel Craig. Um, yeah, pretty much actually.
1: <laughs> and even then, I think Charlize Theron would kick Daniel Craig's ass. I,
0: you know, I think I think bit. she actually like. I, th- I think that's the other thing is this movie is so concerned sometimes with selling her as a badass, and and it does it so well, not concerned. I think not overly concerned. Like I think they very 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 successfully do it. And-
1: they do. Like, even that first scene when she, like, you know, she's coming out of the bathtub and it's just, you know, a shot of her back and, like, her back muscles flexing. as
0: Yeah. And then they turn on <sighs> the light and you're just like, oh, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, it did things to me. Did it? <laughs> it did. I, I guess that's uh, maybe that's my bit is that like um I know that that you found that sexual and I guess like for me it was well it was,
1: not really I'm I'm overemphasizing it's sexual no, no no but right you now, found her I, I like I she's it was a beautiful she's a shot.
0: highly attractive woman and it's it's a beautiful shot undoubtedly but for me like I, I thought it, I thought it was a credit to the filmmaker that they didn't make her look classically attractive in that moment. Oh, yeah. And that, that would be my, that would be my This. You're absolutely right, though. It is still, like, I don't care how much bruised makeup you put on Charlie's Theron. She's still Charlie's Theron, naked in a bathtub of ice. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and all, honestly like nothing has ever made me want to drink like more vodka than her just like putting the God, ice right? like, I, was, <laughs> I don't even
1: like vodka. i was like give me the smirnoff immediately
0: just like and especially with like a glass of ice like just the way she does it like through the thing it oh, looks so it looks, classy yeah it looks it looks huh. really 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 good i i'm i'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm i love the song choices but i do think it was intrusive do you know what i mean yeah like and not, and, it, and it worked sometimes but definitely not all the time do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there were some songs when he was like like they literally reference queen in the movie and then queen starts playing and i'm like eh, okay yes. guys that's cool but yeah. like
1: though i did see what they did one time they talked about Something like, I don't know, the the moulding of the old and the new or something and they started playing this remix of ninety nine Red Balloons. It's like I see what you're doing here. Yeah, but it's this still very clever. It's reference. still
0: more like it's still more <coughs> Suicide Squad than Tarantino. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the references are a little too literal, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. instead of just being like good music keyed to a scene. Like in Tarantino it like has literal music references, but then he uses like, you know, as as Merelda and other things like that, which is just over like you know Japanese soundtrack, you know Japanese sword fight scenes and like there's just a better combination. And I think that like I think I think the music works and they do clever stuff like that sometimes, but it overarchingly. Um, the fact that this is Queen, and I love Queen, and the fact that I'm not, like, totally a thousand percent into it, and especially this kind of time period, uh, means that, like, this is not, like, really working. They didn't do it Yeah, right. exactly. Um, it's, you know, it's a Suicide Squad with a better soundtrack, but at the same time, it's still doing the Suicide Squad sort of thing, so it doesn't really work. But that's, that seems harsh in my mind, you know? It's, like, too harsh. This movie's yes, doing, like, a and, pretty, and- yeah... <laughs>
1: This is this is leaps and bounds and miles and rainbows and everything right, else way right. ahead of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Let's just clarify specifically that rainbows.
0: Right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll
1: be completely honest. I um and it's it's not for the sex, but honestly, but the just the interaction between um, the French operative and Charlize Theron. I felt that was that was the only time I actually like enjoyed like like felt you know pleasure watching this movie just in that it oh. felt more organic yeah than the rest of it i was like oh wait this is this feels real it doesn't feel like she's i don't know just being a cold spy who beats people up like oh she she has a character that i can connect to now this is great yeah
0: and uh, no i i think it's a great and i think that they 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 do it well too because they, they literally even reference the moment when she's like real and and, yeah. and they're definitely playing that but like i you can't like wait till halfway through the moby to try to like get us to connect with your character no. because she's so inscrutable that we don't connect with her and that's the thing maybe mm-hmm. maybe like they're playing so hard off the genre that like and 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 they're definitely they're not they're not here's the thing they're not going for bond like they're not going for that sort of mindset and I, they're going for more of a 90s style like brutal soviet like brutal spy it thriller it felt
1: more like a Bourne movie than a bond movie to me not
0: even Bourne, man like there's like well
1: i haven't seen john wick so i can't make all these oh comparisons well
0: even more th- like even more so than like they're going for like a style of movie that like i haven't not, not that i i'm not like very specific with but it's definitely like there's like these brutal spy thrillers where you like you know people get like you know, electrodes attached to their balls and electrocuted. And that's more the style here than any sort of Bond movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's more like the brutal, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Tinker Taylor, soldier spy kind of vibe than like anything to do specifically with Bond. Um, Which, and I guess that's the thing is like the realism and the the color, but I guess like, I guess like, I wanted this from the trailer to be a different movie than it was. And maybe that's the problem. Like, I want this to be yeah. more color and, and vibrance. And I wanted this to, I didn't, I don't even like, you know, if it just had a straightforward plot thriller and just gave delivered and was an action delivery mechanism, I, this would be one of the best movies of the year in my book, you know. Like it didn't have, yeah. it didn't have to do all the shit it did, and it just confused me and made me like doubt it. Do you know what I mean? And like,
1: I absolutely and agree. disagree
0: with the characters. Like if she was just like a straightforward person and she was just sort of like put upon to do these things, like they wanted us to be surprised by the twist at the end. And I'm like, yeah, she's still not a bad. I'm like, and and then she drops her accent at the at the very last minute on the airplane, and they wanted to.
1: I thought that was stupid. <laughs>
0: I did a little bit too. I did a little bit too because, not to be offensive, it's like she doesn't have the world's best British accent. Like it's very, very good. Like it's not bad, but like she does like drop some of the like the like she's 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 kind of teleporting a little bit in terms of her accent all over Britain. Sometimes is the issue. Yeah, um, a, little a little bit, bit. but uh, yeah, but that's not that's not like that's not a valid not not to be offensive. That's not like a valid criticism of like sort of. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, I don't know. Is Charlize Theron? I actually don't know. I don't I, know where she's I assume from. she is. I'm gonna be really embarrassed if she's actually British. I'm gonna actually be super embarrassed here in two seconds. I actually do not know off the top of my head if she's British or American. Um. Uh, she's South African American actress. Yep. That. Okay. Makes... I don't know why I was going to say that makes total sense. I was going to make an Aryan (laughs) Aryan joke, but here we are. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, anything else you want to say, Sarah?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think this is the most that you and I have ever
0: agreed about a movie. No, I, I can I be on? I didn't see it. Come, I wanted to get into like gender identity politics and talk about it, but like we are like on the same page with this. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's great, and it's and I think we both are like ready for movies to not like have to not not that like movies talking about the issues are bad, but movies where it's just like this is just a representation movie. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to fucking like. Deal with the issue to like have a female at a lead exactly. role.
1: Exactly, I'm ready for it to just be normal. Yeah, to have exactly. You know,
0: a and we're getting female
1: action hero, mm-hmm. female superhero, whatever, and it's not a huge fucking deal.
0: Exactly, and that's the thing too. Is like I would very much like to go and do that, and and it's de- there's definitely movies that okay, but like I would like, I would like. Th- I would like it that, like, if female action superhero movies, like, you know, we have to be ready for them and they're not, like, art house productions. Like, people get upset that Wonder Woman doesn't have a lot of meaning to it sometimes. And I'm like, that's stupid. That's fucking stupid. Like, Wonder Woman is a great movie and this is fine and you can just have a female in this sort of type of role. And then you just... Mm -hmm. and And that's the thing is, like, the question is, like for me in this movie, the most interesting question is when you flip that dynamic and put a woman in the leading role to then also have another woman officer still doing the typically female role and flip it. Um, or in the case, Steve Trevor flipped into the female role and dying for the heroine. Like, it's interesting to see kind of like how they're going back and dealing with like, and it's, it's nice to see like, it's almost like these themes that have become so intrinsically attuned, like the damsel in distress theme has been become so intrinsically tuned to women in refrigerators and women as damsels. like the fact that like if we had more female superheroes saving men or other women for that matter, it's like we could literally regrain like regain as a culture some of our classical storytelling tools. Do you know what I mean?
1: exactly and, and that's
0: and that's like that's a really cool thought to me because sometimes I feel like. You know, damsel in distress is it's not maybe it's not a clever motivating factor, but it's it's motivating. It's interesting and it has a like an intrinsic you know, having a loved one and trying to save them is intrinsic to all cultures, and it's nice to be it would be nice for that to not be bad anymore because there's an equality in who and in what and it's not an associated thing mm-hmm. with a damsel per se. And I think that's yeah
1: go <sighs> let a woman save a man on occasion or let a man say not even on man. occasion
0: like it's very it's very you know it's, it's yeah. it would be cool that like in movies like we don't have to have that criticism because sometimes i feel like it not that it's an invalid criticism it is because women have bad representation but that's a more cultural perspective look at it than ever like a perspective look at it like particularly in a movie like it's an issue in valerian well there's a Holy shit, we'll get to that. <laughs>
1: that's that's an upcoming podcast.
0: Yeah. Coming coming soon to a <coughs> movie gang near you. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk to this. Uh, for you, the listeners of the Movie Gang podcast, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, just go to www.gofreshbooks.com and enter the Movie Gang podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Or get a 30-day trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. Don't forget that backslash dot that backslash gang. Gang. backslash gang okay uh, and uh, right so scoring uh, what do you give Atomic Blonde wow this is really <laughs> we could really throw this all over the place what do you give Atomic we Blonde really
1: Sarah did. I uh I don't know I was thinking about this in the car this evening and I'm still sort of waffly on this score I'm, but I'm gonna give it a 6.5 okay. I do recommend that people go see it Um, I, uh, I know Charlize Theron has been in other action films before this, but I didn't really grasp her action chops until I watched this movie and holy crap, she's great. Um, the, you know, uh, the filming of the action was great as well. Um, but the color palette left something to be desired. The plot tried too hard and tried to make it more of a spy movie when it probably should have been more of an action spy movie. And, um, yeah, like, like Jack, you put it very well earlier, if we're going to compare it to bond films, it's in the, you know, lower to mid range quality of, 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 you know, that kind of cinema. Right. But definitely. Right. Still go see it. And, and,
0: and this is my thing. I'm so torn about this because like, this, this is like. This was like, like not. Like, you don't even. I don't even. You might not even remember this, Sarah. But like, I, I like did a like, a, like a student film, and my student film's thesis was trying to do action better and show the differentiation. Was that the one that? where
1: Will's head mm-hmm. went yep. through my wall? That's
0: because I used students <laughs> to do uh, uh, the untrained students to try to do a complicated Jackie Chan style action movie, and that's why Will got three concussions. And let's not talk about that. <laughs> I am if whatever brain damage that man has in his old age, I am, like, personally responsible for. Uh, So, but at the same time, like, I... It's really nice to see just, like, a very literal representation of this type of action that I have lamented on and on again. That is a way, because I have beat that drum, like, well, not, I've just, like, over, well, I don't know, I'm trying to go for, like, an over-harping metaphor, but it's not working out. Uh, But uh, the point is, like, because I beat that drum for so long, like, seeing it perfectly rendered, I'm just like, ten! 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 10, but this movie is terrible <laughs> like it, is, it, it does it fails like, it fails so specifically in a lot of other ways that like it dragged me out of enjoying the very specifically amazing action do you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm. and that's the thing is that I don't necessarily take joy out of people getting beat up so, yeah or l- let me rephrase yeah. that that's 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 probably not not quite the right way to, to phrase this but I need more story in my action right. moves. Like right. just no, 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 bit. no.
0: This, this is this no. has a ton of story. It just has a ton of confusing mess of story. Even less story, I think, would have been okay if it just like if it mm. was like an action delivery mechanism. So I guess seven point five. But you know, you can probably catch everything you need to see when these are eventual. The fights are just put on YouTube, and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's that, and another that seven point five sounds really strong for that sort of recommendation but but damn they're good fight scenes <laughs> like they are real good fight they're scenes. they're real good I'll real good fight scenes so the movie gang podcast gives uh, atomic blonde a 7 out of 10
1: I'm good with that
0: yeah, I'm I'm very com- I I I love our I actually love our system. I have to I admit I've always at the beginning of this podcast I was like I know scoring systems are terrible but so far I've like really loved this podcast because mm-hmm. it's, it's made me make reasonable scores for movies that I wouldn't have otherwise given reasonable scores to. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, f-
1: I've been going back through and listening to a bunch of our podcasts that I didn't get to participate on with movies that I don't really care if they're spoiled for me. Um, but yeah, listening to uh, the, the scoring system at the end of the show is always interesting. And, you know, no matter how much everybody fights about a movie, Uh, Nine times out of ten, you're all within, like, three points of each other. Like, it makes sense. (laughs) And it's good.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, You have been listening to Jack Newman and Sarah Becca, movie gang podcast faithful. Say goodbye to the kind people, Sarah.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Give them a
0: cop. Ca- I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm don't. I'm i impressioning something that's not a real thing. I've been your host, Jack Newman. <laughs> if you want to head on over to TuskenShed.com, you can look at all our other various podcasts, including A Feast for Bros, The Geek Space Nine. Uh, pardon me. Geek Space Nine. You are not THE Geek Space Nine. I mean, you might, you are THE Geek Space Nine, but you are the... Okay. Uh, and, of course, Animania. Not THE Animania. That's just stupid. <laughs> head on over there and check out all our other various podcasts, and then head on over to Tusken Shed dot com backslash support us and if you want to keep these podcasts on the air please head on over there and please 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 consider supporting us there's a bunch of ways that you can do help support the podcast for free all right from everyone here at movie gang podcast thanks for listening